Um, from Studio B of the Weiss Entertainment Network, I am proud to present you a special edition of Nightly Halacha. Uh, Nightly Halacha generally comes to you every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, but uh, tonight we're on earlier because we have an extended edition. Uh, I, I want to remind everyone that, that you can re-listen to this, uh, Mr. Shem, afterwards up on the podcast. That's uh, jewishpodcast.com slash Rabbi Alicia Weiss. Or you can go on to any one of the platforms, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music. Um, they're all up there. And you'll be able to listen to this or pass it on uh, to people. Uh, and uh, all the nightly halachas are generally up on the podcast. So so just uh, be aware of that. Um, I want to um, I, I want to just say tonight's shear is L'schus Rufua Shlema. Yaakov Yisachar ben Rus, Noach ben Estelibra, Chaim Yaakov Yosef ben Bela, Henechana, Bas Benini, Yochevet Al Tashmur ben Chavalea, Tinoch ben Estefega, Ephraim Chaim ben Chana, Yaakov ben Liba, Ben Yom Natsiah ben Estetiko, Chayisara Baskito, and all the Cholim that need Rafua Shlema, and maybe there's Chus of Torah, send them Rafua Shlema, and and we should have uh, many schusim, and we should have many great times together to learn, to celebrate, and all of the good things. Right. Okay. The so we have a, st- a story this year. Um, this is one of the strangest years on the Jewish calendar, uh, not because of COVID, although we'll talk about that soon, uh, because things are happening that don't normally happen. Uh, number one, Purim is on Friday. So that is a challenge halachically because anytime we're up against Shabbos, so there's a balancing act that needs to take, a halachic balancing act that needs to take place. Uh, number two, Parsha Zohar, which is this Shabbos, which is Parsha's Truma, never happens like that. It never happens that Parsha Zohar is Parsha's Truma. When it's not a leap year, it's Parshas Titzavah. Somehow, uh, this year, that kind of got lost. I don't ever remember in my entire lifetime when it wasn't a leap year that, that it wasn't Parshas Titzavah. So, so somehow that got lost this year. So we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of movement on the, on the calendar and a lot of inyanam to discuss. And then, of course, the, the elephant in the room is how do you celebrate Purim uh, with an ongoing pandemic, uh, which has only showed slight signs of getting better. I know numbers are down the last couple of days, uh, but uh, it, we're still living in very scary times. Uh, we, I just read you off a whole list of colon. Some of them have COVID. Some of them are very seriously ill with COVID. Uh, so, you know, how do you, uh, ha- how do you figure out this yanta, a yanta which is traditionally earmarked by large, large, large gatherings and, and ins and outs of houses and, and people together dancing, coming into a house, having a, making a bracha and then dancing and hanging out. But we can't do any of that. So how, how, do, we, how, do, we, how do we balance that? And uh, so I want, I want to talk about that at, at great length. Uh, the, fir- the first problem that I think I think we're going to come to is Pasha Zohar. So many people know that Pasha Zohar. There's a mitzvah in the Torah to hear Pasha Zohar. 
I explained the other night and um, in shul and in nightly halacha that it's not a traditional what's called shomea ka'ona. Shomea ka'ona means that I'm in the middle of the and I can't answer kedusha if I just listen to kedusha. It's like I said it, but that's not the goal of the of reading a parsha zohar. Parsha zohar it's not to be yotze akriya like on Purim we're going to be yotze megillah sesta. Parsha zohar is to stimulate a thought that there's a mitzvah to remember what Amalek did to us on Purim. Um, I'm sorry, when we came out of Mitzrayim. And Chazal or Misakim, that, that we fulfill this mitzvah, although this mitzvah is not locked into time. And that's a discussion that we're going to have in a minute. This mitzvah is not necessarily locked into time. But Chazal or Misakim, because of the story of, of Purim, where Haman uh, was Mizera Amalek, so, so Chazal said, look, we have a story where we fulfilled the mitzvah of destroying Amar, and we have a story and we have a mitzvah to remember Amalek. So, so it says in the Megillah, at the end of the Megillah, it says, these are days where of remembrance and action. So first comes the remembrance, Parsha Zohar, on the Shabbos before Purim, and then comes the, the, the action which is the destroying of Haman and all his followers. And, and that's why we, re, we read Parsha Zohar on the Shabbos before Purim. The question is, the question is, now, okay, now, now, now we have to figure this out. So if there's a mitzvah, minah Torah, for everybody to hear Parsha Zohar. So now we know people haven't been to Shul in many months. We know even in our show, which Baruch Hashem has been open without incident, um, or, or almost without incident, for since the day after Shavuos, um, we have Baruch Hashem only really, we've had only three cases of, of shul members since Rosh Hashanah, and, and, in none of, and none of those cases did it force any mass closing or mass quarantine or anything like that, Baruch Hashem. And that's because we're being careful. We, 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 do be, we, we are careful. And so, but now, but now everybody knows that you're supposed to hear Pasha Zohar. So what do you do? How do you manage that? Question two, do women really need to come and hear Pasha Zohar? So that's a big machlok that's supposed to be. It's not clear. Um, on the one hand, uh, there are those who hold that, it, that, that women are not obligated because women don't normally go out to Muhammad. But although the war with Hamalek is... Uh, is, is uh, uh, what's called the Muhammad's Mitzvah, and the Gemara says that when it comes to a Muhammad's Mitzvah, an obligatory war, hakol yotzim, afilu kala, mechu paso. So many say that, that when it says even a kala from a chuppah goes out to the war, it doesn't really mean that. And that really the, the role of, uh, of men is to, is to fight wars. So maybe, therefore, since, it, since, the, since the remembrance of a Amalek is, is totally in destroying a Amalek, and that's really the role of men, women are not, are, are not obligated. So that's a, that's a big machlokas of Oskim. Uh, Roshmul Kavadetsky writes in a Sefer, whatever is the story, the minog is for years and years is that women do come to Shul to hear Pasha Zoh. Now, so what if you can't? So what do you do? So there are a number of solutions to this problem. Now, on the one hand, the, the, the simplest thing that we're going to try to do in Mir Hashem is we'll have a multiple readings. So, you know, we Baruch Hashem, you know, we'll, we'll have Shul, and we'll have, on a good year, we do this anyway. 
we'll have Kriyasa of Zohar. And then we'll have uh, uh, and then we'll have a Kriyas of Zohar after Dalk. And then we'll have Zohar before Mincha. Maybe we'll have a, do a, another one. And we'll try to accommodate as many people as possible. So, so, and of course, we're going to do it with social distancing. Of course, everyone's going to have to wear a mask. Um, we're not going to be able to do it any other way. And and we did we we were making this by by chauffeur blowing on Rosh Hashanah. We had we we had families sit together. We had an, with, with social distancing and masking, and, and people were able to come and hear uh, to hear hear chauffeur blowing in that case. And I think we could do the same thing with Pasha Zohar. The, how, how exactly we're going to do that? I haven't. I'm not up to that yet. That's next week's problem. Um, but 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 well, oh, sorry, it's not next week's problem. It's this week's problem. Um, I, I I will figure it out over over the next couple of days. So um, so over the next couple of days, I'll fi- we'll, we'll figure out. You know, maybe we'll, maybe I'll do another sign up, or or, or we'll just uh, just make it at different times so people will be able to come and hear parshas Um It is the opinion of the Muggin of Rum that when you, if you are in shul on Purim morning and you hear on a Purim morning we lane Vayavo Amalek, which is the story of Amalek coming to attack B'nai Yisrael at the end of Parshas B'Shalach. And that's the story when Moshe holds up the hand and the arrow and the horse support his hand, right? It's the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah. How, since when do the, do the hands of Moshe fight wars? And the answer was because we want, as long as the Jewish people were looking up to heaven, so then they were able to be victorious in the war. Magen Avram writes that if you hear Vayavo Amalek on Purim morning, Yoyotzei Dechayev Avzachar. Many Achronim do not like that. The Aruch HaShulchan in particular, the Mishnah doesn't like it, um, and others, they say because there's no real member, that when it, the only place where it says Zachor HaSasher HaSal Lechah Amalek is in Parshas Kisetze, in the Parsha of, of, uh, of, of, um, uh, that we lay in on Shabbos. So, uh, however, Bidi Evit, uh, I, I am comfortable to say that one can rely on that Bidi Evit. If you, if, you, if you couldn't come to Shul uh, on Shabbos because of either, even, even of COVID reasons or of other reasons, and you heard by Yavu Amalek, so certainly Mogin Avram is certainly someone who is worthy to, to rely on. Um, again, again, Lechachila, you should not do that. But if you have no choice, um, then, then that's something that you will do. Uh, let me read you what Rav Shechter writes. Um, the custom is to read Parsha Zohar with a minion from a kosher Sefer Torah on the Shabbos before Purim. If one is one is unable to do so, they may read from a kosher Sefer Torah without a minion, w- without saying the brachos, of course. If that is not an option, one should have in mind to fulfill the obligation with the Kriya Torah on Purim morning. Right? He says, but the Evid, you can rely on the on the Magen Avram. Uh, now, there is a third solution. The third solution is the summertime. If you miss it now, in in the summertime, when you um, when we lay in parshas kisetze. Now, I as a habit, I try to make a, a, a clock. Anyone who was not in shul for parshas zochor should now be when we read the last part of Aliyah and parshas kisetze in, in the summertime. You should have in mind to be yotze the mitzvah of remembering Amalek. The problem with that is is that it's hard to uh, you know to remember that, uh, but 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 or or if you weren't in shul zochar to make sure you're in shul for parashas kitzetze. So I, I I think as much as possible I think people should try to come to shul. Uh, but the evidence I'm comfortable relying on the mugging of Rama Purim morning, 
Um, and if not, um, you know, have in mind Kiseitse or, or do all three of those things. And, and you know, you could say even Kiseitse, if I wasn't Yotze on Zohar, so so now I'll be I'll be Yotze. So that's um so that's very important. Okay, so let, let's 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 keep that in mind. Uh, and we'll figure out as the, over the next couple of days how we're gonna go about doing it in the shul. Okay. Now uh, now I, I did want to discuss some Purim in general, uh, uh, besides uh, the particular issues at hand. So um, I, I actually posted a, a source sheet. I know the numbering didn't come out 100% clear, but that's okay. Uh, so I wanted to read you a little bit, uh, a couple of things. Oh, uh, one more thing um, before I get to this. Mitzvah Machsis Hashekel. Okay, so uh, I, I just saw this from Rav Shechter as well. So we know we know that 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 in on Rosh Chodesh Adar, it's a Mishnah in Shkola, the first Mishnah in Shkolem, It says that that they, they used to um, they used to announce that everyone has to give the Machsis a shekel. They have to give the half shekel. Uh, that was used. Uh, so we know that that was used for buying the animals for the new Korbanos. In fact, the Gemara, the, the, the Gemara in Shkolem, uh, which we'll get to, Mr. Sham coming up Tafyomi after Pesach, or during Pesach, um, the Gemara says that they had that they bought the new Korbanos from the new money that would come in by Rosh Chodesh Isa. And it was an, it was a, an obligation of all men between 20 and 50. So after the base of Migdash was destroyed, as as we do with so many things, so we have what's called the zeicher baum. We have a, we 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 have a an act where we where we do give machsis a shekel, and it's it's to remember what used to take place in the base of Mish. It can't be the actual machsis a shekel, otherwise then the money becomes kodshim, the money becomes consecrated, and we're not allowed to do anything with it. But so we don't do that. So it's simply to remember that there was such a mitzvah. Now everyone knows, everybody knows that. That when you give machsis a shekel, uh, traditionally so we take uh, three silver dollars and we 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 wrap them together, and uh, and the minig is that we uh, you pick it up and then you put down the money. Uh, now, and that's simply just to acknowledge the fact that because it says chumal Hashem three times in in Parshish so we have the three half dollars because it's half of the the Ramah writes that it's supposed to be half of the coinage of the country that we live in so so anyway that's why we do it so everyone everyone has a, a symbolic you pick up the three coins and then you put down any amount of sudoku okay so now everybody's now what's going to happen this year? So everyone's going to be nervous. Everyone's going to be gathered around, and uh, you know, usually there's only two or three plates, and and or there's only one set of coins, and everyone has to run to give machsis a shekel. So, so Roshachta writes. I read to Roshachta. I, I I said it. To, I mentioned it to somebody this morning, but but now I see Roshachta says it too. When giving machsis a shekel, there's no need to raise the actual coins. One may fulfill the minhag of machsis a shekel by placing paper money in in the collection bin. We should keep in mind that the minag is merely zeicher lemachsis a shekel and not actually the mitzvah machsis a shekel that was performed in the in the day of the base of So once again, and I, I I think to even extend what Rav Shachter says, if everyone sets aside sedaka and when you just collect it afterwards or on your way out of shul, you put the you put the sedaka in the in the uh, in the bin. I think one is more than Yotze, that the obligation of Machsis Hashem. What I'm thinking about doing is before Megillah reading is, is standing in front of the shul 
holding it in my hand and saying, anyone who wants to fulfill the mitzvah, uh, set aside whatever amount of money. It doesn't have to be. It could be a quarter. It could be a dollar. It could be, doesn't have to be. It's just, it's just a remembrance. And, and, and this way, we avoid all those issues of, of gathering around uh, if people are still concerned about everybody touching it, uh, those kind of things. Uh, I think to have gloves is going to be too complicated. So so we're going to, that, that's what we'll do. Okay, so, so again, Again, these are just some of the adjustments that Roshak said we can do for this year, and I think it's okay to uh, we're gonna, we're going to do it that way. Um, now, I just wanted to mention on source number two, it mentions Masanim beYud Gimel beAdar. So we have a halacha that we fast on the thirteenth day of Adar. Uh, it's 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 historically important to know that the thirteenth day of Adar was the day that that Haman was 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 going to kill all the Jews. That was the date that he set for his final solution. And, and, and I don't use that term lightly because uh, um, it was really the same thing. Um, he just was unsuccessful in getting any of us. And now, now, so now, now in terms of, of the fast, so, so it's brought down in the Medrash that, that when we fight against the Molech, that, the, that on the day you fight against the Molech, everybody fasts. Uh, we also see in the Navi that when Shaul was fighting the Plishtim, he, he declared that everybody should not eat on that day. And then Yonatan didn't hear about it. And he ate his whole story. And then they saved him because he did a great thing. But anyway, so the concept of, of, of fighting and, and fasting is not a, an unheard of concept. Uh, but the question is, the question is, um, what exactly is the nature of this fast of Tanis Esther? So in note number three, um, the Rabbeinu Tom writes, he says, Zaman Kihila Lakohi, the 13th day of Adar is a time of gathering. Shakol Misasvim Latanis Esther, Uboy Minayakforim Layaros, Lomar Slichos Vitachanun. He said, the Rabbeinu Tom says that it was a day, it's a day set aside to say Slichos. And, and, and ask for special tefillahs. Because that was the day that the Jewish people um, had to defend themselves by Yitzrichim Rachamim, and they needed uh, compassion. And and Moshe uh, And we see that when Moshe, when, when, when he fought Amalek, he also, they declared a Tanis. Uh, the Mishnah Brura adds in, in source number four, if you have it, uh, as one more piece, he says, He says, Meshavura alludes to the fact that what happened, what was Esther's solution when Mordechai uh, went to her and said, you have to do something to save the Jews? So she said that we, that we should go out and we should gather all the Jews together. And, and we should have uh, we should have fasting and we should eat and we should daven and we should do tshuva and all of that. So the Mishavura says, what happened? That when a person is in need, a Kashbrok was listening. When you fast and you do tshuva, the So the Mishnah says it's really a day of chizit. It's a day to remind ourselves that when we have when we have a time of great need, that when we have a time of great concern, and we do tshuva and we fast and we and and we, we, we search out a Kodesh Baruch Hu, Kodesh Baruch Hu answers us, and the Kodesh Baruch Hu answers all, all our tefillos. Okay, so that's, um, so that's the fast day. It's a very important fast day, although it is the most lenient of all the fast days, it's much easier to be Mako 
the people. Um, however, um, as as you've heard, as many of you have heard me say many times, fast days are not optional. There is not an option to opt out. That does not work. Um, the halacha is that we fast six times a year. Hands down, no questions asked. Obviously, there are people who are not who are exempt. But we're not talking about those people, pregnant woman, a nursing woman, uh, obviously people with medical issues. Um, okay, we're not talking about those people. The average person who's healthy has a, has a 100% obligation. It me Certainly, I'm not saying only young kippers in the Torah. You have to fast. Uh, and, and now that we've kind of put it in that perspective, that it was a, a day of, of intense fila, it was a day of intense anxiety for all, for our people long ago, and, and, and as a result of our fasting and, and of our tshuva, Hakadosh Baruch Hu answered us. How much more does that highlight the importance of Tanis Esther? But I will say one thing about Tanis Esther: it is not a day of any sadness at all. It's a day that we we acknowledge that 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 our tefillos were answered and Hakadosh Baruch Hu saved us. So that's why it's a, we're lenient and 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 there's really there's no reason to there's no it's not one of the fast days for the korban based on Mikdash. There's no sadness at all. It's a day of great joy and great anticipation of the Yantiv Apur. Okay, so let's talk about um, let's talk about um, reading the Megillah. Okay, so uh, I want to give you, uh, I'm not going to read through all the sources here because it's going to take too long. Um, I, I want to give you some basics. I want to make some comments uh, and, and then I want to tell you what we need to do. Okay, number one, everybody has to hear the Megillah. That's, that's an obvious, that's a, that's not, that you don't need me to tell you that. And you have to hear it twice. You have to hear it once at night, once during the day. Uh, somewhere in the last generation, there are people that thought that you only have to hear it at night. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. In fact, if you had to pick one of the two, it's better to hear it during the day than at night, because it seems from the Gemara that the reading at night was a later institution, that when they originally instituted uh, Purim, that they only they only instituted reading Megillah during the day. Came along later on, Rabbi Shua ben Levi, the Gemara and Megillah, Daftalit, and he instituted that they, re- that they read it at night as well. But clearly the main reading is by day, not by night. Uh, but, but however, the, the, the halacha is that you have to hear it both at night and, and, and by day. Now, now you have to hear it. Now, now here, now here's, here's where it gets, it gets a little tricky. Now, now the minog is that we fast until we hear the Megillah. Now, if you go, so I'm going to tell you right off the cuff, if you go into the nine o'clock reading, it's absolutely okay to break your fast at the Zaman. Whatever the Zman is, I don't, I don't know right now. Whatever the Zman is, the end of the fast, uh, it's 100% okay to eat. Should you have a su'uda? No, you shouldn't have a su'uda. You should eat something. You should eat something that will take the fast away from you. That you won't feel uh, weak or sick from the fast. Uh, but you, but you, you shouldn't sit down and have a full, a full su'uda until you hear a regular reading. Now, now, if you can hear Megillah reading at the Zman, then you, ideally you should wait and not break your fast after Megillah reading. The reason for that is there's a general concept in halacha that when something comes at night or at the beginning of the night, we're concerned that if you got involved in other things, you might forget to do the mitzvah. Uh, that's why you can't eat before Havdalah. That's a, the classic one. Because we're afraid that you'll get busy with uh, something in Motsu Shabbos and, and, and you won't make Havdalah. But if you know you can't eat, I promise you, you're going to make sure that you, you say Havdalah. Same thing with Megillah reading. Uh, technically with Kriyashma, although I know people daven at later Minyanim, but that's the answer. If you normally, 
I once asked this question to Rabbi Willick about Hanukkah, Hanukkah candles. You know, people have Hanukkah parties and, and it starts in the middle of the afternoon. You don't really get home until three hours after you, you should have lit candles. You know, are you allowed to eat at that point, etc. So Rabbi Willick told me that if you make a, a hecker, if you make a, a reminder to yourself not to forget to do the mitzvah, it's okay. So I think, and, and I think that's true by Hanukkah. I think that's true by, by, by Kriyashma. See, Kriyashma, if you normally daven 10 o'clock Marav, that's your reminder. Every night I daven Marav at 10 o'clock. So I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to forget to say Kriyashma. And therefore you're allowed to eat at the beginning of the, of the night, even though you have, you haven't daven Marav yet. So I think the same thing is true by Megillah. Now, I, I, I do suggest, uh, I don't think anybody's going to forget to go with Megillah reading. If you're going to come to the nine o'clock minute, put a Megillah on your table. Like well, while you're eating a cake or uh, or whatever the the quick thing you're going to eat to make sure that you're not fasting anymore, put a Megillah on the table. Stare at the Megillah. Maybe even learn a little bit from the Megillah while you're waiting while you're waiting for Megillah reading for at, at a later point. Just as a reminder that you know you have to go and that you shouldn't forget to go to Megillah. Okay. Now I want to point out a couple of things. So last year of Chef the Pasca, now it, it wasn't a gear to us because our shul wasn't closed. Uh, very few schools were closed on Purim last year. Only to my knowledge in New Rochelle were they closed on Purim last year. So Shep Paskin that you could hear McGill on Zoom last year. However, 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 Rabbi Fink, who was the more the Asra of New Rochelle, was not thrilled with that style. And 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 he um and there was there was a whole story, there was a whole bunch of Chabadsters that, that invaded New Rochelle. And they stood in the street and they read the Megillah and people stood at their front door and uh, you know, everyone was quarantined on lockdown and or they opened their windows and, and they were able to hear uh, Megillah live. But Roshapta said something very clearly this year. He said one should not rely on that Heter. He said that Heter was Horasha. Horasha means the moment was a dire moment that needed such a psaq. And we know historically Halachas that follow Horah Shah are only for that moment. When Eliyahu Anabi gave a korban on Har Carmel, even though the base of Migdash was standing and you weren't allowed to give korbanos, there is not a soul in Am Yisrael that, that thought that the next day, oh, now I can start giving korbanos to my backyard. Absolutely not. It was an understanding of, of Horah Shah. And Roshabda was very, very clear. I, I heard him a couple of weeks ago, um, and he said, no Zoom is here. No, you cannot, you cannot be Yotze on Zoom. Um, I'll tell you another thing I, I, I have with Zoom. Sometimes I noticed this. I only noticed this when I dominate with my kids on Zoom in school. When you hear me on Zoom, you might be hearing me on a one-second delay. You may not be hearing me actually live. It's like television, right? Now, there's a little bit of a delay. So not only, so not only are you are, 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 are you hearing questionably there's a whole question it's a reduplication of the voice it's not really that you're hearing the real voice many people hold oh, that's why men mo, almost, almost no post can allow microphones from the gila. um the ones that do uh, uh said that you should really not rely on that and and and, and one of the reasons is because it may not really be your voice and certainly if there's a delay so you're really not hearing the voice so it's very very problematic to, to hear on zoom so, so uh, now he did say that if there is horas, 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 someone's bed bound, um, then okay, then we could allow, then we could allow it to, 
then we could allow it under those terms. But he, but he was very he was very clear that na- that now that we know Purim is coming, you know, last year it hit us by a storm, but now we're prepared for it. Get as many kriyas, as many balkores as possible, and have and have and have Megillah reading for people. Do it on a block. Do it in the street. Do it wherever. Okay, it may not be the weather. I don't know if the weather's going to cooperate with that, but okay. Um, so w- what we did was we had I have five Megillah readings signed up two at night and 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 two and, and three during the day. So um, I'm going to look at the numbers. I know the numbers have risen in the last uh, week, uh, and I might I might be asking people to come to the nine o'clock reading who who didn't originally sign up, uh, but I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, um, we're not going to go over our capacity. Uh, we have all the numbers. We did this Rosh Hashanah. We had a we had a we had a maximum amount that we were going to allow into the main shul, a maximum amount of women, and a maximum amount of people in the gym. And we're going to hold to those numbers. Uh, and and I might just have to ask people who were late, uh, whether I'll go by the late registration or less for volunteers, that you might have to come to the nine o'clock minion. Right now, the nine o'clock minion is very quiet. If you are if you are concerned about being exposed, the nine o'clock minion is the way to go. Come to the nine, it'll be a, it'll be a 100% halakhic reading. If there, if, uh, maybe there'll even be a minion. I don't know, depending on how many men come. Um, so, so, so you never know. So I, I highly recommend that. If you, if you signed up for the 625, it, when I do final numbers, uh, then, you know, then we'll have a conversation. But if you don't hear from me, then you just come to where you signed up from. But that, that's what we're going to do to be safe. We have to be safe. You have to cut, if you can't, if you, if you, you have to come into show with a mask on and you have to sit social distance. Yes, you could sit with your family. If you, if you have your children, you could sit with your children. Um, if your children can't sit in shul, do not bring them. Do not bring, that is a, that is not just my Eitzah, that's Psach They do not need to be in shul. They are a Sakana because they could be carrying it and they're going to be running around and they're going to be disturbing people from hearing Megillah. And Megillah might be challenging to hear, especially for the women. And it is not fair to bring the kids kids under those conditions. If the kids can sit quietly, 100%. I'm not, one of the things I've not done this entire time, I've not set an age on kids. If, and we've had young kids come and sit in shul the whole davening, and it's okay. That's what you could do if you know your kid. You got to know your kid. But if you know your kid is going to disturb, don't bring them. Ha- come to the, uh, you know, figure it out. Play a recorded Megillah reading for them so they could bang it home on in your house. Um, we just have to do that this year because we, we just have to be, we just have to be safe. So so that that's that's the suck. You have to come to a live Megillah reading. Um, uh, you have to come, you know, again, again, if you're going to go to the late reading at night, you don't have to fast until then. Uh, but you do have to hear a live Megillah reading. Uh, and if you have an issue uh, with that, please feel free to contact me. Uh, I will make some kind of arrangement for you. A uh, couple of interesting things. Uh, in the morning, uh, here's a classic Svarty uh, Ashkenazi thing. Um, there are a number of areas in, in Halacha where, where the Svartim and the Ashkenazim argue with each other. Believe it or not, despite popular belief, there are not a lot of areas. There, there are sometimes where where there's just a dispute in the halacha. But, but very, very often, if you look through shulchan, if you read all four volumes of shulchan aruch. I can't say I've gone through every simon, but if you read all four volumes, there, there are many, many places where there is no glossing of the ramah because that's the the ramah writes the halacha. And that's what it is. That's the same halacha for everybody. Um, Two of, two of the classic areas with Svartim, three, there are three classic areas with Svartim and Ashkenazim clash. Uh, number one is Purim. 
the bracha of Shehechianu at this at Megillah reading in the morning. Uh, Sfardim did not say Shechianu in the morning Megillah reading. Why? Because we said it at night. And and when we, and it's the only time if you think about it, it's really the only time, not not besides Yont of Shane. It's the only time that, like, for example, Lula, we say the bracha of Shechianu on the first day, and then we don't say it on the second day. But here we read the Megillah at night and we say Shechianu again, we do it in the morning. The Mr. Brewer already says that the bracha of Shechianu in the morning covers the other mitzvahs of Purim. That when you when you say Shechianu by the Megillah uh, on Purim morning, you should have in mind Shalach Manas, Matanas Levionim, and, and Seuda. The problem is going to become if you're going to go to a late reading uh, and you gave Shalach Manas before that, how does that help you? So it could be maybe, maybe it's not a bad idea to, to give one Shalach Manas uh, after, after you hear Megillah reading, even if you go to a late one. Uh, let me, well, so now that I mentioned Shalach Manas, let me talk about Shalach Manas. Okay, here's where we're gonna here's where we're gonna we're gonna hit all the problems. Here's where we have a potential for a lot of danger. You know, I know, I know, I know that there are people who have, uh, I, I, you know, I have to, I'll say a little musser. There are people who have tremendous gatherings of of drinking, and people are getting drunk, and it's really a terrible thing. It's really a, the biggest chilol of Purim that you could ever do. To have gatherings just to drink and get drunk, and and it's it's it's, it's a really a chilol uh, And you could tell anyone who goes to that that I said that. Um, anyway, um, you can't have these gatherings this year. You can't have these gatherings. You can't go to people's houses. You can't have groups of ten. 10, 15, 20 people. You don't know who's carrying what. You don't know who's exposed to what. Uh, you're going to tell, well, I got vaccinated. Don't go there. It's not appropriate. Now, how are you going to do Shalach Mons? So, so the CDC, uh, and uh, Lenny, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but to, to my knowledge, uh, I have this actually a quote from the CDC. Here, where is it? Uh, about, about, about touching things. Oh, here. Uh, the Center of Disease Control Prevention advised that cooking or preparing food and delivering it to someone with a mask and proper social distancing is very low risk activity. When delivering or receiving Mashalach Manos, visit and greet guests outside the home and leave the package on the front porch or outside the apartment door. So I'm not concerned about you giving Mashalach Manos and passing on uh, COVID. I am concerned with you coming in. Um, uh, you know, uh, every year I open my house on Purim and I, and I encourage people to come and spend a few minutes with me on Purim, come to my house. The house is closed this year. I don't want any, anybody to come. You want to bring Shalach Manos because uh, it's a beautiful thing and I would love to give you Shalach Manos. It will be at the door. I will stand at the door. Uh, I, you know, I'm certainly going to open the door for you. And, I, you know, I, we'll do a quick Freilich on Purim. We'll exchange, we could exchange Shalach Manos. Uh, and that's it. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to buy cake uh, to put out. I'm not going to do any of those things. It's just not safe. It, it is the most painful thing to me because I look forward to that. To that. To every year on Purim to greet everybody because tons and tons of people come through the house. Most of the shul does come through the house on Purim, and, and, and I'm I'm going to really miss it. And it's very painful. But I I can't I can't in good conscience say it's okay because if I say it's okay. To, have, to come to my house, that then, then everyone is going to be doing it. And then we're going to have a problem the week after Purim where people are going to be uh, 
uh, become super, uh, where, where the shul is going to start getting sick. And, and we're seeing it's happening. Schools are shut, schools are still shutting down. Um, it's a problem. It's really, it's really a problem. This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And I know we're all COVID weary. Don't do it. Don't go to a Purim Seuda that's not your cohort. Uh, obviously, if you hang out with with your neighbors twenty four seven, and you can have a Purim Seuda with them, uh, obviously that's okay. But I'm saying, don't don't go to your families. Don't don't invite grandparents who are not who haven't or who may be vulnerable. Don't do it. It's not, it, it, it's, it's just, it's of Nefesh. It's really a Shiloh of Nefesh. If anybody thinks, if anybody thinks that this is over, well, go, go read my Cholom list. Go look at the people. Uh, I'm not going to mention names at, at this, because this is being recorded and who knows who's going to listen to this. But, but there are Cholom out there. And there are people that end up in a hospital on a ventilator. Uh, I, I have someone who's, 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 I have a, more than one person that's in that Parsha. And they got it recently. So be very careful. You have to give shalach maz. You only have to give one person. Two foods to one person. That is the halacha. You don't have to give 50 people. And, and, and I know, you know, you want to go to your kids' rebbies. And can, I suspect if, that your kids' rebbe will understand if you didn't come to their house. Or you went and you just dropped it off on their porch with a nice note. Um, but again, you have to make sure you, that, that at least one person receives it. Because you have to fulfill the mitzvah. But don't, but don't do it in a way that's going to endanger people. Okay. Matanas um, Levionim. There's not, there's no, there's no issue. You have to give Matanas Levionim. Uh, you have to give, now, Matanas Levionim is different than, than Sadaka, because Sadaka, when you put money in a Sadaka box, doesn't have to get to the poor person today, as long as it eventually gets there. Matanas um, Levionim is, has to go to a poor person on Purim. So most of us may not have that connection. So that's why I, that's where I come into play. So either you could do one or two things. There are people in the neighborhood locally I do give out money to on Purim. Or the other thing is I send money to Od Yosef Chai. The way Od Yosef Chai works is that I that, that I, I pledge the money, I call them with a pledge, they give out the money in Eretz Yisrael on Purim, and then I just replenish their money after after Purim. Either way, uh, you could start sending money to me uh, ASAP. Uh, you go, you want to wait till you want to see me in shul uh, during the week, or you want to bring it to me, or bring it to my house, whatever you want to do, I'll be happy to, to help you fulfill. You want to quick pay me and tell me it's uh, Matanas Levionim, that's certainly okay. Uh, that's been done in the past, so 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 it's all okay. Okay, um, the last topic I want to talk about, uh, because obviously I can't, and, and the rest of Purim, I'm gonna, I'll discuss the nightly halacha this week and next week. Um, is is the suuda? So normally, so he, so here's the problem. The Gemara tells us in the beginning of our Sachem, it'll be Dafyomi in a few days, maybe maybe in a week or two. Um, that on erev Shabbos and on erev Yontif, you're not allowed to have a suuda. So let me tell you two scenarios where this where, where this is a problem. One is Purim on Friday. We're going to talk about it in a minute. And the other scenario is anytime Shabbos is, and goes into Yontem. So either this year or ever Pesach is Shabbos, or normally if you have Shabbos and Sunday Yontem. So many of you are aware that we, we put in the Zmanim, or I announce in Shul, that you have to eat Shalashudas before a certain time. And why is it that you have to eat 
Shalashudas before a certain time, because when Shabbos goes into Yontif, you have, you know, Shavuos could be Motzei Shabbos. Um, when Shabbos goes into Yontif, the late afternoon, uh, 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 what's, what's called after Mincha Kitana, has the status of Erev Yontif. And on Erev Yontif and on Erev Shabbos, you're not allowed to have a Suda. Because, because why? Because when because there's a chiyav to eat a seuda on Friday night every week, and there's a chiyav to have a seuda on yontiv night. You're supposed to eat two excuse me, two seudas on yontiv, three on Shabbos, two on yontiv. Um, and, and when you sit down Friday night, if you just had a seuda, how much do you really want to eat? You're not going to want to eat. So kadesha tikanes So the Gemara has an expression by matzah is why we don't eat matzah on erev pesah. So that when you sit down to do the mitzvah, it should be desirable. The same thing with the seuda on erev shabbos on erev yonta. We don't, you know, we don't have seudas now. So and that's why when when shabbos goes into yonta, we eat shalashudas earlier in the day. Now, so what 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 do you do here? So 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 the Ramah writes the following. He says, "Kishachal Purim biyom Hashishi, Yase Hasuuda b'Shachris Mishum Kovet Shabbos." So, so the Ramah says that when Purim falls out on Friday, so you should have your Suuda in the morning to uh, uh, in the morning in order to show respect for Shabbos. When Purim falls out on Friday, it's customary to begin the meal before the afternoon in honor of Shabbos. One who is not able to begin the meal before the afternoon should begin at least three hours before Shkia, the Dievan. However, one may begin eating any time before Shkia. Uh, but again, that's only the Dievan. The best is, is by, uh, I would say, by 11.30, 12 o'clock, the next Friday, you should have a Su'uda. Now, what should a Su'uda be? So certainly after wash. Uh, the, the Rambam seems pretty clear that a Su'uda should have Basar. Because uh, because it's it's we didn't simcha and the seuda should be basariyayin. Uh, you should you should drink a little wine now. And, and there's a the shulchanah writes mitzvah laharbos b'seudas purim. You're supposed to have a big seuda again. Uh, again, everything with with this should be done b'chokma. It should be done b'chokma that yes, you do have to sit down Friday night. Uh, to to a to a to a and you do have to wash on Friday night as a chiyav as a chiyav certainly certainly with the rabbanan maybe with the sofrim of eating three three meals and you have to do it b'seichel and it's the same thing on on a short Shabbos when you know you have to eat shalashudas you don't overstuff yourself at lunch so you don't feel like eating uh, shalashudas so one now 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 I know Purim is a challenging day and you get all the, the shalachmanos you will get shalachmanos everyone's going to get shalachmanos and all the stuff comes in the house and, and this one's cake and that cake and that again you have to again you have to be with Chochman. you have a grand opportunity this year if you get a bunch of Mizono stuff cakes and stuff Save it for dessert on Friday night. You don't have to eat it uh, on Purim Day. So one, one should have an appropriate su'uda. It should be not on the run. It should not be uh, here, grab a meal and go because it's Friday. No, you should sit down at a, at, a, at a shulchan, at a table, everybody together, the family together, and you should have a su'uda. And it should be done. And really, it should be completed before midday, uh, which is around uh, 1230-ish. I'll give the times uh, on, on Friday. Uh, I'll give the times coming up for next week. Uh, but again, it's not Purim. On Friday and Purim is not a tour not to eat. The su'uda is still very, very relevant. Halacha. Uh, and one should be makbid to have an appropriate su'uda, even on Friday, that's 
that 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 Shabbos again. It should be done bechachma. It should be done smartly, and you shouldn't overstuff yourself. And you should you should have the ability to um, to to make sure that you can still eat your meal uh, fr- Friday night. Roshachta um, writes the word before the tenth halachic hour of the day. So it means means mid afternoon is like the latest you could possibly uh, be uh, begin. He says you should try to begin end it by the tenth hour of the day. So that's around uh, this time of year, around two thirty. You shouldn't be eating after that. You should be very sensitive to. Uh, again, I'll give you the exact zmanim uh, in the zmanim schedule, but just be aware that by early afternoon already, your seuda should be completed. You should bench, say alhanisim, and 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 be ready to get ready for Shabbos. So please keep that in mind. I just want to end with a vort. Um, 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 the Pasuk says, and we say it every Motzei Shabbos, Le'yehudem, Ha'isa Oira V'Simcha V'Sason Vikar. So the Gemara says, uh, Vikar is a tefillin. That Vikar is, uh, represents the mitzvah of tefillin. Um, and the question is, um, um, what, what is, what is the story of Purim have to do with tefillin? So, so I, I think the answer is that one of the one of the problems the Gemara says in Megillah that they asked Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, you know, why, you know, why why was the generation of Mordechai? Why did that generation have this thread held over their head? And 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 the, and the answer he gives is because they fell into the trap. Uh, the, you know, the king displayed all the all the kalim of the base of Migdash. He said the Jews are not going to return to their land. And Jews, because they heard that, you know, said it's a, according to the Midrashim, they had kosher food and all of that. Uh, and, and they went to the Sa'uda. And, and, and instead of instead of tearing Kriya, that the king was wearing the clothes of the Kohen Gadol, they went and then they enjoyed the Sa'uda. So Rav Shemar Yechai said that it was a reminder to, to that generation uh, where, you, where your mind and thought is supposed to be. Um, the the uh, now that so so what what's the mitzvah of tefillin? So anyways, what happened? So when when, when Esther got them to do tshuva, it says that they reaccepted the Torah. The Gemara says in Shabbos and Pechas that they reconnected themselves with the Torah. Tefillin tefillin is a tefillin is a sign as an os called an os. It's one of the three signs, Shabbos, Tefillin, and Bris Mila, that, rem- that is a daily reminder of our connection to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And the, and, and the Yant of Apurim is a reminder that, that sometimes the Kodesh Baruch Hu seems distance from us, but nonetheless, but nonetheless, he's really close by and, and he's here. And, and when we put on our Tefillin every morning, we remind ourselves that, that even when we think he's far away, he's close here, and we have the opportunity to connect them for the midst of Tefillin, for the midst of Mila, for the midst of Shabbos, and of course, through learn, learning Torah. Um, if there are any further questions on Purim, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I thank everybody for giving me your time tonight. Uh, and Ms. Hashem, I, my, my, biggest problem, my biggest problem is that we should be, spend the next Purim in, not in Yerushalayim. That's my biggest problem. Uh, if that can't happen, my biggest problem is that next year we're going to talk about making a big seuda where, where we all can go. We can go to people's houses and we're going to celebrate and we're going to dance and, and we're going to really celebrate Purim the way it was meant to be celebrated. 
but in Mr. Hashem, I think we could still do it in a way that's appropriate, that's halachic, and, and it's still in the spirit. So I want to uh, I want to wish everyone that we should be zocha mishenich Now that we're in the month of Adar, we should only see smachot, and we should see yeshuos, and we should see, and, and most importantly, refuos, and we should see the cure in the end that we don't have to have this conversation at all, and we could celebrate Purim the way we want. Thank you all for joining us. Again, it'll be up on the podcast in a, in a little while. Anyone wants to rehear it or pass it on to someone, uh, please feel free. Uh, good night, everyone. And again, if you have any more questions, you can reach out to me.